Welcome to the Decompression Chamber podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and joining me today is uh, fellow veteran and co-worker, Jennifer R. Williams. How are you doing today, JR? Oh, I'm doing great. The sun is shining. The weather is beautiful in upstate New York, so I'm I'm just seizing the day. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gorgeous. I've already been outside for a couple walks. Uh, yeah, just simply amazing weather for right smack dab in the middle of April. <laughs> right? Yeah. Very very nice. But uh but yeah, uh you uh you were in the army for 22 years? Yeah, it was about 22 and a half when it was all said and done. Wow. That's Yeah. That's uh, an impressively long time. Uh <laughs> did you uh grow up in a military family or where where are you from? No. Um I I grew up outside of the city um in Rockland and Orange County. Um, my grandfather served in World War II, but mm -hmm. the family didn't really talk about it too much. Um, it wasn't until mm -hmm. I was older that I was like, oh, yeah, I get it now. Okay. Um, yeah. but so yeah, so the, the military was not really on my radar at all. I was trying to put myself through school. I wanted to do it all on my own. And, um, that wasn't working out that great. I would like work for a semester, save up all my money, go to school for a semester, run out uh, of money. And then it was like, take one semester off, work some more. And I was just like, man, at this rate, it's going to take me like yeah. a million years to uh, finish school. Well, that start stop setup is not conducive to getting anything done. It's just, uh, forget it, throw in the towel. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it was kind of like wearing because I, I like school. I did really well in school. Um, I just didn't really qualify for any um, student aid or anything. So, oh, and I was, right. I was, yeah, it was weird. I didn't get it. I was like, my family's not what we'd call for money. Um, I have three <laughs> younger sisters. Uh, yeah. And at one point, all three of us were in college at the same time. And at that point, my youngest sister in school um, got like a grant for like $200 to buy books. And I remember the three of us were like, what? So you can so, buy a book. I, I... <laughs> pretty much, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we just couldn't figure it out. And uh, I was I was working all the time, it seemed. And I mm -hmm. worked, at the time, I was working in a bridal shop. Mm -hmm. um, and it was payday. And at that time, you had to actually get a piece of paper check. Mm -hmm. And then run to the bank and deposit it, you know, on a Saturday before it closed at noon. Yeah, yeah. And I was hauling the mail down the stairs um, and decided to just, like, hop over the banister to the other side instead of going down to the landing. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, save some time. Except when I did that, I was going so fast. Uh -oh. I almost knocked down these two recruiters coming up the stairs <laughs> and so I just narrowly avoided them and I got to the bottom and you know they were in their their class B so they looked very official yes and I turned around and I was like um sir ma'am so sorry um in a rush are you okay and they laughed I said no no we're fine we're fine yeah. and the woman said are you running down so you can sign up and I <laughs> what a I great like, question I thought I thought she was talking about like some kind of event at the mall. I'm like, oh, is there a special going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what like, I would quick think. Impulsion. You know, but um, so I was like, uh, no, what's going on? And they said, no, sign up for the army. And I was like, yeah, that'll probably never happen. I don't want to 
you know, crawl in the dirt all day and shoot guns, which they thought was hilarious. They were like, this, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, that's said, yeah, well, maybe I'm, 10% I'm of the force. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, my my knowledge was like this big, right? Right, um, right. Of what day, daily life of a, of a soldier was like. And, um, mm-hmm. no, they were, um, you know, I told them too, I'm like, hey, and by the way, I'm, you know, I'm putting myself through school. I'm going to going to be a broadcaster one day you'll hear me on the radio um <laughs> i really wanted to be a dj on z100 i wanted to okay. be part of the morning zoo oh that, oh yeah the morning zoo crew sound effects and everything what's your favorite sound effect um hmm probably um ting. That is nice. i'll make it myself if i'm talking about something and i put on a cheesy smile say ting that's great. You'd be the only morning zoo DJ without a soundboard, just just making all the right? noises yourself. I love it. But no, that's that's a that's an amazing goal. Yeah, I thought I thought it'd be cool. Like you know, you have have some laughs. You know, you're talking, um, listening to good music, of you're course. talking about current events. So I was like, that's gonna be that. That's what I wanted to do. And you know, they were like, well, you could do that in the army. Ooh. What? <laughs> what? Visions and then of the lady uh, Robin said, Williams. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, well, and the funny part is, I'm like, I, I hadn't even watched Good Morning Vietnam at that point. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know, I just thought it was a scheme. So I was immediately right. suspicious. And then of the lady course. Said, yeah. She was like, you could live overseas. You could, you could live in Europe. And I was like, Ooh. could being the operative word <laughs> yeah. I was like this must be a trick this must be one of those recruiter tricks because it just sounded of course too good to be true and again mm-hmm. I was like I had like minutes to cash in my check sure and I said well listen I'd love to talk about this but I really got to get to the bank mm-hmm. and um you know maybe I'll see you around and uh, they said, well, you know, we'll come back and talk to you. Um, where do you work? So I pointed to the store and I was like, I work down there mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I'll see you around and thought nothing of it. And then they came back. They came oh, back. They're persistent. Once, <laughs> once they, uh, drive that little wedge in for the conversation, they, they gotcha. They're not going to give up. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think too, it helped that there was one, there was two of them and that one of them happened to be a woman because, yes, um, she was fascinating to me. Like she just looked like her whole life was, you know, I'm not going to say like it was like a big pizza party, but like, she was like, this is great. This is wonderful. <laughs> she was just, happy all the time. Yeah. I'm um, enormously suspicious of those who are eternally happy and bubbly. <laughs> right. And I was like, man, but there had to be something to it. And I think that, like, they were also extremely perceptive. So once they knew that I was interested in broadcasting, once they knew um, that I was deeply interested in living overseas, um, they'd come back and the guy had this book with him. And he's like, yeah, you wanted to be the broadcaster. It's a 46-something. And he riffled through his book. And he's like, look. And I read it. And there was, like, a little job description. And I was like, radio and television? Ooh, I was like, huh, it's like the best kept secret, right? And they're like, I'm like, well, how much time would I have to do? And they're like, four years. I'm like, four years. Yeah. I'm like, let me get this straight. So I do, I do four years. You train me Mm -hmm. to become a broadcaster. 
I get paid and yeah. then I, I may be eligible for this, this college fund. I was like, man, like this is like the best kept secret. And I, and I really, you yeah. know, I thought like four years was a drop in the bucket. I'm like, oh. that's nothing. Well, especially when faced with how long you're figuring school is going to take you semester on, semester off type tempo. Yeah. Army's starting to look pretty sweet. Right. Yeah. It, it seemed like a, a very good deal. And um, I came home and I told my family, I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to these army recruiters. I think I might do it. And they were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the family uh, support isn't always there. Not not from day one. They're very skeptical, much, much as we probably should have been when talking to recruiters. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think, you know, too, like, you know, my, my family is just like, whatever. Um, you know, this is just like another, like, maybe whimsical um, notion. And, uh, but the recruiters kept coming back, kept talking to me. And I was like, well, let me find out some more. Let me find out some more. And I really want to do kind of like my own research to, to sure. make sure that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hoodwinked, which my, you know, my family is like, you know, they're going to tell you whatever you want to hear. And I was like, yeah, this but like some of it has to be true. I mean, people are in the army. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like... Not all the recruiters lied to them but <laughs> yeah and well, even at that point it. I was like maybe I should check out the other services except that I was like um you know it's funny because I actually considered the navy mm -hmm. um but I was so afraid because I couldn't swim oh yeah and, you know and I was like a decent you... concern <laughs> well that's a good concern but also like you know my mind I was like if, if you know if something happens at sea I won't be able to swim to safety and you know, not realizing that like the Navy, like when you're out there on the ship, you are out there. No one, even mm -hmm. an Olympian is swimming to safety. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're, you're dead either way. So <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of bobbing around long enough to be rescued. If someone even notices you're missing, that's, that's all not it is. Right. And I was like, I probably, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, I probably should have listened to the Navy just a little bit more, mm -hmm. maybe the Air Force. Um, and I, I say that because the Navy and the Air Force really invest in education. That is true. Once you're in, like, they don't just do like the initial training and then like expect you to do all the rest. They're like, right. hey, you know, we really invested in you. So we want you to take these courses and go to these schools. And yeah, the Army was like, eh money for all that so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that, that is true yeah the navies they've got all their their sea schools and everything else and uh you know the air force has got community college of the air force so you know something that's transferable to the outside world too what they're teaching you exactly and i i know the army now is moving into you know the cool uh, program getting you know credentialed and certification yeah. but like personally I'm like that should have been from the get-go I mean oh, of all of the schools they send you to at least you know for like your your your, your military specialty like that should definitely get you something um yeah some sort of certification uh, you would think yeah they they always talk about oh well you know your training can earn you college credits no, not really. They most colleges probably consider it trade level credits or something like that. But it's yeah. funny. I got like a PE credit out of it. <laughs> I was like, 
Oh, thank God. That would have been so difficult to do. <laughs> like, okay. I'm like, um, and I guess that was like considered like an extracurricular. I was like, well, yeah. it's, uh, it's like a credit I'm not paying for. So I guess I'll take it. Yeah. Um, Every little bit yeah. does help. It's so funny. But yeah. So, I mean, so I, I kept looking at it. It seemed like a really good deal. I took the ASVAB. I scored really well. My recruiters were very excited about my <laughs> score. And I still was like, yeah, but, like, does it mean, can I do this, like, broadcaster? I was, like, very fixated. Oh, like, yeah. This is the only job that you this, want. Of course. This only job. This only job that I want in the Army. And they're like, sure, sure, sure. Um, and then we got down to MEPS. And at that point, like, I knew... Like, I'd done my research, and I was like, oh, no wonder they're, like, really, they're into me. Because, you know, I was a good kid. I wasn't in trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, I had good grades. I had the good score. And then, you know, there was really, um, there wasn't going to be an issue getting me in the door. And so sure. that's when I first went through, um, you know, the maps in there. You know, they tell you what jobs come up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll entertain this. I'll listen. And. You know, a few came up that I was like, oh, I had like pause, like like linguist came up. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I could learn a, another language. Sounds exciting. And I was like, how many years is that? Yeah. And they're like six. And I was like, okay, ooh. six, a little too much. I'm looking for the sweet spot of four years in and mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, and so they, um, they said, oh, oh, MP came up, and I had this, like, very brief image of myself, like, Charlie's Angels. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mine, and then I was like, nah. Mine was a little more violent. I was thinking of doling out wood shampoos, but <laughs> yours is <was> more <laughs> <What>? sexy. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be great. Um, but then I was like, well, no, because I just don't want to, you know, like, if you're an MP, like obviously someone's in trouble, and I just I'm like I don't want to spend my day with uh, troublemakers. Yeah. Um, or checking gate IDs other... all day. It's another one. I didn't even know that at the time. I just figured military police, like this sounds very official, and they run around, you know, with guns. And I was like, it sounded kind of like maybe there'd be a little bit of excitement, but I'm like also right. like yeah, this involves a lot of troublemakers, and I don't I want to be involved with all that. Yeah. Um, some kind of uh, mechanic came up, which I thought was hilarious. And I was like, look, and I know this is going to totally date me, but <laughs> I was like, look, I don't even program the VCR if I can get someone else to do it for me. I just. Yeah. It's not your thing. I just want it to work. Yes. Yes. Don't want to do that. Um, and then, you know, it's like, but what about this, this 46 Romeo job? And they were like, oh, man, you know. It's just not in the computer. There's no open positions. Oh, no. Uh, and I was like, hmm, okay. Well, and I think this was like August, and I was it was Brooklyn Maps, and mm-hmm. I, beautiful summer day. I got up, and I was like, well, I'll see you um, in about six months. Yeah. And I got up and started to leave, and that's when everyone was like, what? <laughs> yeah, then they freak out. They really did. And I was, but I knew because I, that's what I figured out. I'm like, I was like, I'm a good kid. Okay. Yeah. I'm not in trouble. I'm in good shape, you know, like I can at least, you know, yeah. walk a little bit without passing out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're you trainable. Know, the, I am trainable and I have a good record. And so um, 
as like, you know, maybe, and I was at the door at that point and I was like, here's what I'll tell you. Um, I can either come back in six months and maybe this job is in your computer or I'll go outside and hang out with my new friends and you check the home base and let me know if there's that job is in there. And they kind of were like, Oh, you know about the home base. I'm like, I don't know about the home base. <laughs> you call it the rock? Yeah. Um, and so I was like, so when you find it, let me know and I'll come in and I'll sign a contract. And I, they, but they let me like, they literally let me sweat it out. Cause I was outside and it was like, like 87 degrees. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. I was out there for five hours. I was like, oh, no. Whoa. Wow, that is. Maybe they're going to call my bluff. <laughs> See, the Army is very, in MEPS in general, any government entity is very good at high-pressure sales if the tactic on the table is making someone wait. They're, yeah. they're the best at it. <laughs> right, yeah. So I was like, um, maybe I, you know, maybe they're going to call my bluff. Maybe I took this a little too far. Maybe. Uh, I didn't know. And all I could think of was like, I have no way of getting home. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do now? (laughs) So, they, um, yeah. I was starting to sweat it a little bit. And then they came in. They're like, fine. We found the thing. Get in here. And they were like really kind of cranky. But I was happy because they found my job. Well, that's important. Yeah. To, you know, you're signing away four years. It might as well be on something that you think you want to do. <laughs> Maybe you don't ultimately want to, but. That's... Well, because I, I, I mean, I knew it would be kind of hard. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone kept telling me all the hard stuff. I mean, they're pretty upfront about it. And so for myself, I was like, if I'm going to do this, it needs to be, there needs to be an incentive. Like I need yeah. to be able to see the, the silver lining and um, oh, keep course. it, you know, front of mind. Um, so I went in there and I checked and I made sure they didn't switch anything on the contract. I was like, and they're like, hurry up. It's the end of the day. Yeah. They want to go home. <laughs> they wasted your time. Now they don't want you wasting theirs. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then I was like, wait, I don't see the army college fund on here. <laughs> like it's right here. Amazing. So, and I was like, all right. So I signed it. And then they're like, okay. Um, we don't have a spot open until, February. I was Ooh, like, and this was in August. That's yeah. a minute to wait. So yeah, they called your six month bluff anyway. <laughs> they did. They, they kind of did, which was kind of funny in the long run. I was like, well, and I was kind of disappointed because I was kind of hoping, like, okay, now that I made the decision, I want to, I want some action. I want to, yeah, move forward. And they're like, you know, no, we, you're, you're gonna go to basic um, on February fourteenth. And I was like, Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah i was like it's cool it's cool yeah it's fine i'll do it yeah wow and then that's how i got in yeah so where did you uh end up going to boot camp or and did you know how far ahead of time did you know where you were going to be going um i think i think i knew shortly after like once Mm -hmm. once i signed the main contract um, then I got orders and the orders said that I was going to go to Fort Jackson, um, South Carolina for my basic training, which was great. Cause at that point it was winter there. We had like three blizzards in a row. Oh, wow. I was like, I just want to go South for the winter and get the hell oh, out of course. here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then uh, it said, winter. <laughs> it was, it was really was, I was sick of it. Oh. And then they said the, um, the AIT, at least, you know, the, where you get your like your tech school was yes. going to be at Fort Meade, Maryland. Um, okay. And I 
had never been to Maryland, so I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. Well, and you're still kind of in the south and, you know, still still warm, so not too bad at digs there. Uh, and then how long was uh, training? Because I know for mass media specialists for Navy, it's, I think it's about six months, something crazy. How long was training in Maryland? Not long at all, um, which I believe is because for the Navy, um, their their communication specialists go for both the print and the broadcast school. Ah, uh, okay, I that makes sense. for broadcast, it was like three months maybe. Okay. Um, tops. And then my very first duty station was Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, and- wow. You've got everything that they told you. That's never happens. <laughs> I really did. I was amazed. So was my family because they were like, what? Yeah. What What luck. Did you speak any German before you went over there or didn't have to the whole time you were there anyway? No, I actually, um, I didn't know any, but I was told it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right. And they said, you know, you could probably learn it. And I did learn um, a good deal enough that mm-hmm. when I went out, um, I, I was always prided myself that when I was out and about the Germans actually mistook me for a German and would actually stop me on the street sometimes and ask questions or directions and yeah um sometimes I'd have to say you know my very meager German that barely speak German I don't know what you're saying yeah um and they would always look surprised like oh okay and I was like yes they thought I was German um thought that was cool it's a high compliment really like wow you you fit in I blended. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, that's not accidental. That takes some amount of effort to, uh, to get along with the culture where you're residing. It's mm-hmm. Really, uh, really a very much, very much a high compliment on, on your character. So how long were you stationed in Frankfurt? Um, so it was a two year tour. I tried to extend cause it was of course glorious. Yeah. yeah. I love it. <laughs> and I was on the radio. I was oh, really? on the radio. Yes. Wow. What uh, what do they have you doing on the radio? Because I don't imagine zoo crew is a big thing in the army. Was it you know like weather reports or? No, actually overseas, um, it is kind of like a zoo crew. So it's the American wow. Forces Network, um, yes. and I was um, I was at the headquarters for Europe in Frankfurt, and they had smaller affiliate stations, you know, throughout the throughout Europe, you know, Germany, Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remember what Belgium what was open at the time anyways a lot of them have closed down but um when I first showed up they had they had radio programs um Mm -hmm. and they you know we were live on air um from five o'clock in the morning until six o'clock at night whoa and then and then we played like um uh we had like a satellite feed from the States that would play overnight and then we'd pick it up. So there was different things like you could do, um, you know, some of the, some of the broadcasters strictly like produce the news. Mm -hmm. So they would do like radio news and um, produce all this stuff. But I was actually a DJ. Um, when I first started, I was horrible. Um, learning curve to everything. (laughs) It really was, but it's like one of those things where I, you know, was determined to, to become good. Sure. Uh, that, you know, they, they told us when we showed up, they're like, cause it was me and a couple of privates all showed up from. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're learned, you know, we've, we've yeah. been through school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you're going to learn how it really works. Buckle in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, 
And I remember at one point I was so discouraged because I'm like, man, this is hard. Like everyone's so nitpicky. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And then at one point I finally produced something like it was a radio commercial. So because I was, I had a radio show, I had to produce radio spots. Mm -hmm. I had to produce um, some of like our community news, um, you know, do show prep, all this stuff. And so I created this commercial and they had like, when I had written out what I wanted, everyone was like, you know, red ink, red ink. This is horrible. Start over. And I finally put it together and I played it and they all listened. And um, I said, well, and I said, and they looked at each other and they nodded and they're like, mm, and they said, doesn't suck. Ah, all right. <laughs> My first accomplishment. <laughs> I mean, I was so funny because I'm like, is that the grading system? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, pretty much it it's a pass sucks. or fail evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks doesn't suck. So I was like, all right, well, it doesn't suck. I'll take that. And yeah. um, it stayed with me. So every now and then where like, you know, something happens, I'll tell myself, didn't suck. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny the the things that you take with you, even even ones that are kind of borderline negative. It's can be cause for inspiration years on. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. Yeah. So, all right. So, two years in uh, in Germany and uh, learning to produce radio spots. Well, I mean, basically learning the trade how it how it works outside of school. Uh, yeah. Where uh, did they send you after that? Well. Here's the thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I really love Germany. I tried to stay overseas. Um, they would not allow it. They're like, no, no, no. You have to. If you're overseas, then you have to do a stateside assignment. Mm-hmm. And when I came in, it was the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And everyone that I knew um, went to the Balkans um, for deployment except for me i'm like i think i am literally the only service member to make it to germany and never ever go downrange um i'm like i didn't i mean they didn't really send me anywhere uh because i was i was the radio dj and so i was always in the studio so i was like i want to go places i want to i want to deploy i want to see places and and do things and you know i want to do my part um was the feeling. So I was like, well, what unit in the States deploys the most? Oh, okay. That's pretty good strategy. All right. And they said, oh, you should go to Fort Bragg. You should go to PSYOP. I'm like, PSYOP? What's that? Like psychological <laughs> operations. Oh, yeah, yeah. It sounded very exciting and very much like I would be busy doing exciting things. And sure. So they always I, sell it. They you don't have to worry about that. They always sell it. <laughs> they really do, and I you know, and I really fell for it. So I was like, "Sign me up! That's where I want to go." And I got to Fort Bragg, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I've made an enormous <laughs> mistake. <laughs> this is horrible. Yeah, um, I'll tell you this: I learned a lot. Good about soldiering. Um, my, yeah, my soldiering skills, you know, definitely, uh, took off at that assignment. Seems like the um, environment to do it. Yeah. Well, except for this really weird thing where when I showed up, deployments at my unit came to a screeching halt. Ah, uh, you're like the bad luck charm of deployments. As I said, I'm like, I'm the bad penny that turns up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Full on deployments. I show up. It's like, stop. Yeah. Full stop. 
Yeah. Um, I tried everything. There was a couple of times because at that time we, you know, there were things were kicking off in Kosovo. Oh, right. And um, I was told that I was going to lead a team there. So I was like, okay. And yeah, I got all my stuff together. I locked up all my stuff, uh, drove my car to my parents' house because I thought I'd be gone for a year. And of course, you know, gave me a dad power of attorney and was like, all right, this is it. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and we got all geared up, and I, we were literally at the like on the ramp. Got my stuff. Yeah, ready the point to go. of no return in most people's minds. Yes, like any minute they're gonna say okay, and we're gonna walk across the tarmac, and we're gonna get on aircraft, and we're gonna go. And they're like, mission's been scratched. Wow. Wow. What? You were like a one woman peacekeeping operation at Fort Bragg that just just brought everything everything to a halt, even when you were gonna go on a deployment. It was wow. crazy. I can't believe it. and I'll tell you, like this happened to me three times. Three times where it's like, This is it. We're going in. And then it got to the point where when I, once I got to like, you know, the airfield, I'd get nervous, like uh, yeah, yeah. Are we going? Are we not? What is happening? Yeah, I'd be wary after that. Now, three times of of no go. Like, in what time period? What span of time? It, oh, so that was a two year assignment as well. So within two years, three times, I was told we're green, and then, was you know, yeah. got all geared up, dragged my my crap. Um, you know, and that was another thing that was annoying to me was that I would like put all my junk, not that I had a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, I'm, you know, commuting to work in the morning. Pause. I mean, you're, you know, you're paying for storage. You're putting your car somewhere like way up in New York from Fort Bragg. Mm. I mean, that's, that's just so annoying. Well, yeah. And then you have to go back and undo your life, but for how long until you might deploy again? So it's, mm -hmm. yeah, being in limbo land is one of the most aggravating things of being about being a service member. It's like, just tell me what we're doing. I'm willing to do really crappy, sucky things, but I hate being in limbo. I just want to know. Yes. Just give me a heads up. If it's mm -hmm. not too much to ask, which I guess sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. Apparently it is too much to ask sometimes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I did a lot of other training, though, and, Good. um, did a, yeah, so, I mean, I felt like, you know, while I didn't get to go anywhere exciting, um, I did get to, um, you know, ramp up my skills and, uh, lead teams, so that was, like, the first time I had, like, a team to lead, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's, well, in leading a team, I mean, have you already, did you already make non-com, or were you still? I actually made my, uh, I pinned on stripes while I was there. Awesome. Fort Bragg. Yeah. Wow, that that's was quick. Exciting. Yeah. That's and that's quick. what they told me. They're like, you, a lot of people told me that I made rank too fast, but I was like, whatever. I yeah. mean. <laughs> and this is bad for it. whom exactly? <laughs> well, yes. And that was, that was also kind of like my feeling was like, I'm, I apologize that maybe it took you a long time, but I'm very focused. I'm very determined. This is all I have right now. And so, you know, I'm just going to yeah. make the most of it. And of course, um, do that. So, um, yeah, I, uh, 
but yeah, you finish up two years there. There's your four years. At what point do you decide to, to re-enlist or what, what are your thoughts as you're staring that down? Um, so that's where I was. There I was at four. I think like if I had just maybe gone on leave for 30 days. Yeah. Uh, I would have been in a better frame of mind, but towards the end, I was like, I, I was torn. Like, it was like, do I stay or do I go? I really wanted yeah. to um, get my degree. It was very important to me to uh, get an education. Um, but it was, it was really challenging when I was at Fort Bragg to do that. Sure. Like I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because my time was never my own. Of course. Um and, and, and the education system was a lot different, a lot. Like, they've made strides. I'm like, man, they had online classes, you know, then I, I'd probably. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, yeah, that's just, that's such a recent phenomenon, and, and we've just immediately taken it for granted, you know. What, yes. What were you going to do back then, correspondence courses? I mean, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Insane. And those were a nightmare, too. You remember? I, I don't know if it was the same for you, but, like, I had to order them. And then you have to wait for this like booklet to come in the mail and then you'd fill out, you'd read the little booklet and then you'd fill out little bubbles and then you'd have to mail it back in and then you'd kind of wait around and kind of forget that you'd done the courses and they'd come back and and let you know whether or not you got any credit for them. The only correspondence course I ever did, I think, was either for my learner's permit or my driver's license. I don't remember now. (laughs) And I'm just going, what is, what decade am I in? (laughs) This is ridiculous. And then... Once I got into the Navy, that would come up, you know, have you done any correspondence courses? And people didn't know what the hell it was even so far yeah. removed. Yeah. But all right. it was, it was insane. But yeah, so I, I wasn't sure because I also, you know, at that point I knew that I really liked, um, leading teams and I, and I did like, um, broadcasting and I, I did like. There were a lot of things that I did like. What I what mm-hmm. I did not like was just, like I said, not really having any control over my time, having sure. to, like, pack up, unpack, um, being told I was approved to do something, then having the approval taken away. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, to me felt like no reason whatsoever. Of course. I was like, I need a little bit more um, control. So, you know, sure. remember they made me go talk to, like, part of the out processing was you had to talk mm-hmm. to the guard and the reserve people. Okay. Makes sense. Um, so I, I did that, and they're like, "Yeah, I mean, go to school, stay in the guard. You know, if if you like it, you can come back in." And I was like, "Really? Yeah, huh?" They again, uh, they sell it. They make it sound easy. They really do. And again, I felt <laughs> it's like, all right. Well, and to me, like to be fair, like I did think it was kind of like a nice balance. Like, okay, I go, I go in the guard. I'll stay in the guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go to school and then, you know, depending on what happens, you know, I'll either come back in or, or full time or I won't, you know? So it was right. just like, it was, I felt like we had struck a balance yeah. finally, right? Yeah. Um, I knew that I wanted to go to school in, in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I was like, well, do you have a guard unit up North? And they're like, yeah, we have one in Syracuse. Um, but the problem is there's no broadcasters. I was like, Oh, that stinks. And they're like, well, I mean, you don't have to be a broadcaster in the guard. You could be whatever, you know, you pick one of these MOSs that are open. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really? (laughs) Wow. 
Sounds good to me. Yeah. Sounds very flexible. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, um, they say, well, actually this unit really needs an interrogator. And I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. Sounds interesting. <laughs> Learn, uh, enhanced interrogation techniques or, or, well, wait, this is still early nineties, pre nine 11. So probably not. Well, no, actually, well, it was pre nine 11, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it was, it was 2000. Oh, okay. Leading right up to it. Wow. Mm -hmm. So it's 2000, um, like just barely. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to be an interrogator, but the problem was, and I loved it because I was actually, um, you know, it was actually, it's, it's interviewing skills and I already had them as a journalist. So it was like a great fit for this um, MOS. Um, I loved my unit. It was like a family Mm -hmm. It's very tight, which I really liked. Um, felt like everyone, you know, like, so when you had drill weekend, like it wasn't a drudgery. It was like, oh, I'm excited because I can't wait to see my, yeah, my people. Go see your friends. Yeah. And we're yeah. all going to be dressed like, <laughs> like we're going to a party. <laughs> Perfect. Right? Now, did you have to, you, I mean, obviously had to go to school for interrogation, right? Well, that was a problem. They didn't send me. They kept they kept saying they were going to send me to school, and I was like, "Well, listen, uh, I have to balance it around like my civilian education, which of course, you know, I was going to Syracuse, and it was it was not cheap, and the GI Bill at that time did not cover it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Being a guardman, they paid for half the tuition, and I had to pay the other half, but I could only afford to go part time. I couldn't even go full time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was working all of these jobs, all these jobs around Syracuse, trying to um, live and pay for school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they they promised me they were going to send me um, to get qualified in the M MOS. Um, and they said, well, first, first, we need you to do a rotation at JRTC. So I had already okay. been to JRTC in my in my life at Fort Bragg. And I was like, yeah, Um pretty sure there's rules that if you if you're you it won't count like you're not allowed in the box unless you're qualified in your mos oh uh, yeah yeah and so i asked someone i asked we had these two um qcs came down for one of our annual training and i asked them i'm like hey if i go to jrtc in the summer but i'm not qualified will i be allowed in the box and they're like no absolutely not <laughs> Yeah. So then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, you lied, you lied to me. Yeah. Um, that's wow. it. And then, um, sadly, what happened was um, the the bursar's office called me and they was like, hey, um, we didn't get your tuition payment. And I was like, yeah, you should have. Uh -oh. And um, they said, no, like we didn't get the money from the guard. Oh, no. So I went down and luckily the, at that time, the armory was like just a few blocks down the road from the school. So an easy commute. Yes. Stomped down there. And was easy like, commute for What's... a hard conversation. <laughs> yes. And I was willing to have it. Busted in there and was like, where's my tuition? Where's the money? What's going on? And they're like, oh, unfortunately, you know, the state, it's not, the state budget doesn't have it. Uh, and I, I didn't know it was a thing. I did not know it was a thing. I was yeah. like, you're kidding me. I'm like, I, uh, I didn't know that. Like, they said, yeah, if you were in the reserves, you know, the reserves are federally funded. 
right. He was like, well, maybe I'll just go to the reserves. Yeah. Um, Who's going to cover the bill? Right? So I did talk to reserve recruiters, but they were like, I mean, you could, but... And it was just, it's sort of like a never-ending process. Just like a never-ending, long process. Um, And at that time, I was like, you know, I've been here, been doing this a year now. Mm -hmm. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It never is. I really miss... Yeah, it never is. Um, I miss my... I miss my friends, you know, all my army friends were living these exciting lives, doing all these great things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and some of them are like, yeah, it's actually, it's a little bit easier to get school done. Um, they've kind of like, you know, done these things at the ed center where you can go and take courses during lunch. Um, all right. And so some of my friends were knocking out college and, you know, my one friend was like, oh Yeah. Um, because I was like, hey, maybe we can meet up. And she's like, Yeah, I can't. Um, you know, the army's sending me to Belize. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Are we taking over um, Belize or what's going on? We're <laughs> just going on, you know, going TDY to Belize. Other friends were wow. going to the Philippines. Like people were just going all over. Yeah, they're doing stuff. None of the things I got to do when I was, you know, in the, you know, on active duty. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I, at that point, I felt like, you know, I, I'm they're jerking my chain here. Yeah. The guard. Um, it's not really what I wanted. Um, I, I've got to get qualified and they're just not willing to do it. And so I was like, you know, I think I'll just because at the one point the reserves were like, you know, you could you could just go back on active duty. Right. Right. And well, that would an actually be. Yeah. And like, and that would actually happen pretty quickly because. um you know, your MOS is actually a shortage MOS and you're already trained Fantastic. and it would be easy. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, okay, all right, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Um, and, um, I'd actually, you know, was dating at the time mm-hmm. and my boyfriend kept talking about getting married and I was like, ugh. well you know i was like i have i have some goals i have for myself and one of them is to not get married till i'm 30 Mm -hmm. and um my boyfriend was like but you know if you know if we're gonna be together we may as well be married and so he wore me down (laughs) yeah he makes a good point (laughs) yeah all right how how far away were you from your goal of 30 though um, four years. Okay. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's... No, I got married like a few weeks after my 26th birthday. So I was like, all right, I guess it's close enough. Close yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I was like, but listen, here's the thing. Um, like I'm thinking about going back on active duty. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, goals. you know, that's, that's not up for debate. Like that's happening. Right. Right. And, um, and my, uh, you know, my husband was on active duty at that time. So he was like, oh, yeah, he was. cool. Oh. Yeah, he was like, whatever you want to do. Good. He's like, well, I Good. support that. You want to come on active duty? Cool. We'll do oh, it. Oh, that's amazing. How did you yeah. meet him from your initial stint or reserve? Uh, no, actually, what I had learned going to Syracuse was that it was very expensive. But if I went to the community college up north, mm-hmm. the tr- the trans- the credits would transfer. Yep. And so I was like, oh, so it'll transfer to Syracuse, but at like a third of the cost. Yeah. Done. No brainer. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. 
And so I was I was uh, taking classes at the community college in uh, Watertown, which is right near Fort Drum. Mm-hmm. And I met him through other uh, service members who were taking courses. Okay, great. And, yeah. So we uh, we were friends for a very long time, and then we dated, and then he wanted to get married. So we did. We got married, mm-hmm. and um, was trying to go back on active duty. And for some reason, it was just like it, trying to get the release from the National Guard was taking uh, an inordinate amount of time. Uh, thanks, National Guard. They're so underfunded, they can't even sign paperwork. <laughs> I felt like they were trying to, I, I felt like they were hoping I would change my mind uh, and well, come back. Yeah, they're trying to run out the clock on you. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to work, National like, Guard. You had your know. chance. Totally had your chance. Um and then I was actually supposed to the day. So my recruiter was really cool. Um, he was like, all right, I got your release. I got everything. So the day that I was supposed to go sign my contract and go back on active duty was September 11th, 2001. Holy cow of all days. Wow. Yeah. It was wild. I remember it was a beautiful, beautiful morning. It was. I yeah. Got, yeah. Got up early and... Cause I knew I was going to go in and sign my contract, but I was kind of, you know, excited. And, um, uh, I was like, decided I was just going to walk my dog around outside sure. for a little bit, you know, taking the, cause it was so beautiful. So we were just walking around and I remember I came to the door and my husband was there and he was like, Hey, <clears throat> your sister's on the phone. Um, so it seems like there's been an accident or something. So I, you know, ran up the stairs and I grabbed the phone and my sister said, hey, listen, um, a plane hit the World Trade Center and we haven't heard from um, Bill yet. So we don't know if he's okay." And so Bill, our uncle, uh, worked at the World Trade Center. And I remember thinking like a plane hit the World Trade Center, like maybe like one of those little ones. Yeah, like like a Cessna or something. Right. Big gust of wind, like maybe hit the building. Yeah, someone so was just was, careless. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so and it just it's I remember just feeling so confused. Like how did that even happen? So I was like, all right, well listen, call me mm-hmm. and let me know um if you hear anything. Yeah. And she was like, Okay. Um so I, I turned on the TV and my husband's like, What's going on? I'm like, Oh, plane at the World Trade Center. And then when we saw like like I mean, we're like, Okay, this was not like yeah, this is something um, huge. Small, this is something big. And I remember we were both like staring in confusion, like trying to understand. And as we were watching the live television, we saw the plane hit the second tower. Yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. And watching that unfold. Yeah. It was it was surreal. Um, I mean, we, even because my husband and I were like both looked at each other like, whoa, 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 whoa. was this a replay of, of something earlier? And then yeah, yeah, we that's like, what you think. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah, the first one's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. That second hit confirmed it. And yeah. Well, and then, so how long, I I mean, because you talk about you had to sign your papers that morning. I mean, did you, were you busy watching the news? Did you get there on time? What was your thought walking into the office? Was it postponed to another day? Like how... You know, how did you respond to uh, to watching all that? We well, that's funny because my husband had actually worked like some. He'd worked like a, I guess like a 
a late night or something. I just know that like he was, he was allowed to come in like mm-hmm. at noon that day. Cause he'd been up all night working on something, um, with his unit. Um, and as you know, we're, we're, we realized that there was two planes and then once we realized, oh, and then shortly after then, then the Pentagon was hit and that's, I was like, oh my God, that's yeah. Something is going on. Yeah. We looked at it. My husband was like, start packing your shit because we're probably going somewhere. Oh, and yeah. he started run, running around, you know, grabbing his gear. And I was just like, um, I'm not sure who I followed right now. Yeah. What, what do you do? It's insane. And I also, you know, like to me, um, in that moment, it was very personal that yes. terrorists had attacked my city. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, you know, attacked the Twin Towers. So my uncle Bill, you know, worked there. My great uncle actually managed the restaurant, um, oh, Windows yeah. on the World, yeah. uh, until he died. So I, I remember thinking it was like, oh my God, he would just it would break his heart if he were still alive to see this happening. Like he yeah. just loved those hours. So yeah. I was pissed. So I called up my recruiter and I was like, "What's the deal? Do I get to sign or yeah. what?" And, and he was like, well, I don't know if you've heard yet, but Fort Drum's on lockdown. No one's allowed off. No uh, one's allowed on. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, nobody knew what the hell was going on. I mean. It's like, what? Everyone. It was insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but he did say, he said, listen, uh, technically, until you sign the, the active duty paperwork, you're still with the guard. Right. Um, just hang tight. Um, and, you know, as soon as we know what's going on, we'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the national guard said, Hey, we're, we're going to put you on alert. If we need you, you might have to go. Right. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. Um, my husband's unit was on alert, um, as well. So for a while, wow. you know, we just kind of wondered like if we were going to Afghanistan or not. Um, man. And then finally in my husband's unit, they said, okay, instead of Afghanistan, you know, you guys are. Um, gonna go to Kosovo, and at that time, my husband's like, "I'm not going to Kosovo." So he was like, "I think," because his contract was running out. He's like, "I think I'm just gonna let the contract run out." Mm-hmm. And um, and he's like, "But you know, you you do what you want to do." Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I think I'm still gonna come back on active duty, and um, so finally, you know, I had to wait until the end of January of uh, 2022, wow. um, and I came back on active duty and they sent me down to um alexandria virginia so i was stationed at soldiers radio and television wow and yeah it was it was it was nuts because like we had offices at the pentagon and it was something to go there and see this like giant blackened crater in the side of the building and people still work (laughs) that's insane yeah Mm-hmm. so bizarre and surreal wow all right so yeah down down in i mean basically the epicenter of of the attacks mm-hmm. and uh and recently enough you're seeing the damage and everything else how long were you there for um so i ended up at that point like it was supposed to be three years in um virginia i had re-enlisted at that point right um, I also, I had a daughter, right. um, so I became a mom 
Fantastic. and was really excited. So I, uh, I reenlisted <laughs> and I was gonna, I was supposed to be able to stay there for a few more years, except that there was a program with the military in Syracuse university, um, military, uh, motion media program. And I applied and, uh, I was accepted. So oh, fantastic. the army sent me and, uh, another, um, she was actually a combat camera. Oh, wow. Um, they sent the two of us. And so we moved from Virginia, um, up to Syracuse. Um, and I got to, yeah, I was back home. Um, I got to go, uh, full time for two semesters and learn about storytelling and wow. shooting video and editing. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was, it was great. I really loved it. Um, I was, I was sure though, that they were going to send me, um, as like an individual augmentee to Iraq. Cause at that point, right. um, we were, we were there, um, but instead, um, the I, th- I thought, well, they'll they'll send me as an individual individual augmentee, or they'll send me to Fort Trump, which would be mm-hmm. great because we know the area, we're familiar. Yeah, either so way you win. <laughs> I thought for sure that's where we were going, but um, instead, the, my branch manager said, "Yeah, we're gonna send you to Korea for a year." All right, <laughs> where uh, where in Korea did they send you? Um, I was down in Dynamic Daegu, which is like kind of like in the bottom Mm -hmm. middle portion of the peninsula okay okay Mm -hmm. yeah a lot ton of army presence over there i'm always kind of blown away my dad is a vietnam era uh soldier and uh yeah he got stationed in south korea that's as close as he ever got to vietnam it's like what what were we doing over there (laughs) but yeah we're always there army got some navy presence so all right, you you end up in the south part of South Korea. How was that? Um, it was. I mean, I don't know. It's it was. It was very challenging personally, but probably professionally, it was one of the best years. Yeah. Um, for me, so when I was over, um, I fell under the um, American Forces Network Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, because you're coming out of Syracuse, we want to send you to an affiliate to be the operations NCO. Um, we have a lot of brand new service members because it was a joint assignment. Mm-hmm. And so they're coming straight from the schoolhouse and they don't really have any skills. And we need someone to teach them. Yeah. Um, Perfect. So I was like, okay. And they're like, and also this station, you know, needs some work. It's kind of in disrepair. We kind of, you mm. know, besides like, the the service members like the equipment needs an overhaul and the station needs fixing and all these sure. things were wrong with it so i was like great yeah um got your work cut but out i'll for tell you. you it it really does like when you go someplace where it's just like kind of like when you like it's like you're they're you're being sent to rock bottom you yes. show up at rock bottom the only place you can go is up right? yes yes this is true um, well, so, if you have the right attitude, which, which you obviously did. <laughs> well, I mean, I had to go by myself. So mm-hmm. my husband and daughter stayed behind. She oh, was 18 tough. months old oh, when I left. So tough. It was gut wrenching. It was, it was the hardest thing to be away from her, especially, you know, at that age. Yeah. And 
Um, but you know, like I, I had made a promise, like I promised that I was going to stay in, Mm -hmm. um, even when I had her and I promised that because they sent me to Syracuse that I would at least do Mm -hmm. three more years. And I was determined that I would, I was going to do it and I was going to do it, you know, honorably and do it well. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, if I have to spend a year away from my family, um, I'm just going to really, make the time count yeah and so i will double down and i will double down on my you know my army skills and my broadcasting skills and my leadership skills and all the skills yeah yeah just make the most out of that year no and uh and that's you know such a such an important over almost overlooked attitude for the military is that you're going to honor your commitments um that's it's much easier said than done, you know, a year. It really, yeah. It's a long time. It really is. I think, and and I think that, I think it takes a special kind of person to -hmm. do that, you know? So anyone who has served, I'm like, hey, (laughs) uh, I don't care if it was two years or 32. Like if you do a tour Mm-hmm. that 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 means something because for sure they're like i just feel like there's certain kind of people like we're like we're the oath keepers right mm-hmm. and it used to be like swearing an oath was like a big deal oh yeah you know like you swore like you went to the ends of the earth to uphold it um it would have to be like pretty huge event to get you to break your oath but i just feel like sure in general um we don't have um oath keepers anymore no no, it's uh, it's very much situational. Uh, you know, loyalty is not really a trait among the general populace, and that's from where we have to draw our military ranks. So, <laughs> you know, there's not not a good uh, stock to drop on either. Yeah, no, I I just think that um, so that's I like anyone who has served. Like I I really admire that. I'm like, okay, you kept your. You kept your word. Mm-hmm. And that was, was my, you know, my main thing was like, I'm going to keep my word and I'm going to, and I'm, but I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, I know. And honestly, like I would just say to myself, I'm like, what would I, if this were somebody else, if this were someone else's situation, what would I admire about that person? Yes. And like, I guess I admire if they did it without like crying about it. So that's what I tried to do. Yeah. Just get there and get it done. So, uh, so yeah, you basically have to, uh, rebuild everything, teach everyone who's there. Uh, was there anything else you had to do? Like, uh, you know, do some street paving, raise any orphans or anything else while you were over there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, we actually, we, we redid our building. Like it was really old Mm -hmm. and it had all these things that needed to be updated. And what they, the problem with like, with a tour in Korea is that, um, it's, you know, it's one year for the most part. Every now and then you get someone who does like an extra year, like they get like a married family who goes over and does three years. Um, Yeah. I was like, I wasn't doing any of that, but it's like, so getting like the follow-up is really hard. Sure. You don't have, you don't have the longevity or the the continuity. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I'm down here to make this work. So I'm going to be persistent Yes. Like nobody's business. And I like, I was like, you know what? Um, 
everyone's so quick to email and do things over the phone. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to show up. So I go. made it my business to show up. And and then also my other tactic was to do stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On the offices and the units. I was like, hey, we're coming by to do a story on you guys. So, yeah. <laughs> like it or not, we're going to be there. You're going to talk. <laughs> I have <Right>. interrogation skills. <laughs> uh, and I did it with a smile. Like I was never like rude about it. I just smile. I'm like, say oh, no yeah. to my smiling face. We're here to help each other. Right. Precisely. Um, yeah. So we, we rehauled the building and then we had all these new soldiers come in and I was like, what are your thoughts? Like, what do you think? Like, how should we configure this? How would you like it configured? Right. Um, and just, you know, let everyone, I'm like, everyone gets to have an opinion. Everyone gets to say what they think. Yes. We're not going to use everyone's ideas, but we'll at least listen to them. And yeah, um, some of them are really good. So we, we ripped out all this old junk and just threw it away. We got, we signed over all this old equipment. And so we were able to like, just get it out of our building. Great. Um, we, our headquarters gave us brand new stuff. And we configured it in a circle so that like, and we, and we specifically said, if we give us equipment, we need rolly chairs. Rolly chairs are very integral. Yeah. Oh, it's supremely underrated. Amazing. Yeah. So did you get your wheelie chairs or did they have something bolted to the floor? (laughs) Good. Well, when they came down, they're like, Sarah Williams, what's the deal with the chairs? And I'm like, Okay, so here's the plan. We're going to take all this garbage out of here. We're going to get rid of all this old, dusty, moldy crap. Get rid of it. We're going to scrub it down. We're going to paint the walls. And then when we get our new desks, we're going to align them around the room. Mm -hmm. And then we have the rolling chairs so that when we do need to talk, all we have to do is swivel around our chairs. Oh, yeah. Meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. And we have our circle. And they were like, like, okay. And they did it. We got our rolling chairs and we'd be like, all right time for our huddle and we turn around our things and and it was so it was really great because it was such a good team and we were so in tune with each other like every day we talked about not just like professional goals but also personal goals and like we were trying to lift each other up and support each other no matter what the goal was and you know you couldn't laugh at anyone's goal so no matter what anyone wanted to do, you couldn't laugh. You'd be very supportive. You could laugh at them if they did something ridiculous. Of but... course. Yeah, we all have our limits, you know. Right, yes. <laughs> Can't... We're not made of stone here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, the, so we did that. And then also what happened was that year um, that I was there, uh, there was a new commander, and he wanted to do this um, belt buckle program where – soldiers would have to do or any of this because it was a joint assignment any of the service members there was like a list of things that you had to accomplish and if you accomplished all of them you would get this afn belt buckle that you could then you were authorized to wear in uniform oh wow that is something and i was like no one this is a brand new thing and i was like he's like yeah I remember because everyone was there because they had like an all call so we were all up there Mm -hmm. to, to to listen to this roll out and I was like and then he said okay so who's interested and I like raised my hand and he said no you can't do it what you sold yeah, me on this idea and then you tell me I can't do it I'm like why not and he's like because you've already been here six months you only have six more to go there's no way that you're going to accomplish all of these things in six months and I was challenge like, accepted <laughs> we'll see about that right yeah um 
there was a point that I like, I remember it was like 1130 at night. I had to be up at like 5am the next morning. And I remember thinking like, what am I doing to myself? Yeah. Why am I making myself this miserable? I really, I had, I had upped the ante because not only was I trying to, um, you know, meet all the requirements of this belt buckle. Um, I also had decided to, um, go to the, uh, Sergeant Audie Murphy board, mm-hmm. which was also kind of this very, um, a taxing, <laughs> grueling <laughs> process. Of course, as anything associated with Audie Murphy would be. So like yeah. <laughs> in for a dime, in for a dollar, I'm all in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did have that moment of like, you know, maybe you're doing too much. Like maybe this is too much. Certainly possible. And then I was like, well, but I have to at least try. I have to try. And of then course. I did. I, I, I let the, the commander and the command sergeant major know, hey, by the way, uh, I have checked off nearly all the things on your list. Mm-hmm. Not too bad for someone who's here in six months. And they were like, no freaking way. Wow. And they'd called the station commander and was like, did she really do all this stuff? And he was like, yeah, she's kind of a machine. Yeah. Um, they're like, all right, if you finish it up, you'll get the very first belt buckle. Awesome. And so I uh, I quit crying. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you had, you had a goal. You had a mission to work towards. I did. So we um, they include area beautification. So we like ripped out some old ugly shrubs. We planted flowers. We made the outside of the station look really nice and welcoming. And they nice. actually really liked that. Um, so I got my belt buckle and it was engraved. Oh wow! And um, do you still have? I it? wore it. I still do. I don't. I don't wear it. Ah, uh, missed opportunity. Well, I don't wear belts that much either, so makes sense. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was like, I don't really wear them. Um, wear it now. like a Flava Flav clock necklace, <laughs> right? Yeah, I was like, oh. but I mean, it was cool, and I was the first one. And then um, I did. I I passed the Sergeant Audie Murphy board, and I was inducted into the Audie Murphy Club. Amazing. And um, I also got promoted to, so I picked, I was picked up for promotion to Sergeant First Class. And All the right. commander actually frocked me early because he was like, I really, um, I'm going to be gone while, when you PCS and I really want to be at your promotion ceremony. So oh, like, that's awesome. All right, cool. Um, that, well, so, that's, yeah, that's a huge promotion. That's a big jump from, uh, from E6 to E7 and, and just with all the work that you did there in only a year got to be service and inspiration to to everyone uh that served with you above and below yeah i still i still keep in touch with most of the service members uh from that time amazing Amazing. it was a great time 20 (laughs) yeah you know almost uh almost 20 years on now so uh when you're you're pcsing are you at least coming back stateside after korea yeah, because I did because it's considered a hardship tour. The army like tries to give you a chance mm-hmm. um, to pick where you want to go. And initially, I was told I didn't get a choice. I was going to go to forgot where it was, some place <laughs> that I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going there." Um, yeah, and I did. No thanks. I ended up getting. Uh, I ended up going to Fort Drum. Okay. Hey. Got, yeah. All right. I was I was happy. Got my orders. I came to Fort Drum, except that I was I wasn't really here. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all that long, I was home from Korea for 11 months, and I was on a 15-month deployment to Iraq wow. um, as part of the surge with the 10th Mountain Division. Oh, right, um, right. Yeah, I always forget that 10th Mountain is out of Fort Drum where there are no mountains. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and that's enough. Yeah. I well, it's like the Navy. You know, our boot camp is in a landlocked state. It's like it's just just government corruption <laughs> on display. What is this? <laughs> it is kind of funny. Like even my husband, like he went to Tenth Mountain Division because in his mind he thought like he'd be skiing and yeah, that's doing all this stuff. Things that you would do in the mountains, you know, go goat tipping or something. I don't know. (laughs) He was like, where am I? I'm like, yeah, we got, we got fooled. But, um, (laughs) yeah. So I was there. Um, actually was lucky because we got curtailed. So I was only in Iraq for a year, came back to the 10th mountain division. Um, I was home for 15 months and then was, uh, moved over to the aviation brigade and then we deployed to Afghanistan wow. um, from there. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, you know, just rapid fire deployments. I mean, people don't really think about just how, how quick that stuff is. You know, it, you start racking up deployments in a hurry. Cause it's not like, Oh, there's just one theater to pick from. We had a couple go on at once. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they needed people or like in your case, you know, they talked about extending the deployment from, you know, the usual 12, which is an insane amount of time to 15. Luckily, you only did the one year, but still a lot of people did beyond a year deployments. Yeah. Just crazy. It was actually, there was one of the guys that I served with had to sign a waiver because he had been on a deployment that was extended 15 months. So it was only supposed to be their year. They got the extension. And then he came back and and moved from uh, from the brigade to the headquarters, mm-hmm. um, and it was a headquarters turn to deploy, and it was supposed to be 15, 15 months, and so he had what? to actually sign a waiver because he was married. So his wife had to sign that she was okay with him going on another fifteen month deployment. That is just um, crazy. Just yeah, basically, it, it really was two and a half, almost three years, just. All at once, yeah. That's like World War II stuff. Like nobody, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody has gone for that long in, yeah. in modern day. It's just, just nuts. And especially, it's a huge burden to put on an all volunteer force. You know, it's not like there's a draft so you can spread spread the burden across more bodies. It's, it's all falling down on a very select few. It wow. was, yeah. It, it really, and at that point, I think it really was. It was, it was just, it was a lot. There was a lot happening. Um, you know, and people were like getting out, like people would do a deployment and they'd be like, yep, I'm done. And they'd get out. Yeah. Why stay in? It's not, yeah. If you want the deployments to stop, there's, you know, getting out is kind of your, your main option. Um, and, uh, so Afghanistan, you go there, you come back, what, what year is it? Are you still, uh, Sergeant first class? You make master sergeant. Yeah, no, I was still um, serving first class. I came back. Um, that deployment was from October 2010 till October 2011. And then halfway through the deployment, um, I was tagged for orders to go become an AIT platoon sergeant, which I didn't even wow. know what that was. Yeah. And what had happened was <laughs> the Army used to have drill sergeants 
at the tech schools. And at that time, they decided instead of instead of having drill sergeants at AIT, they were going to have platoon sergeants. So I I like to call this operation um, drill sergeant light. Ah, okay. It's like it's like drinking like Coke Zero, where it's like the same full responsibilities, mm-hmm. the same hours, the same so everything. Except you don't have to you don't have the pesky extra pay, um, funny hats uh, or badges that you have to dole out. Great, sounds like a real winning formula, and it, especially like the, people don't realize how crazy the hours are for drill instructors. It's I. I hear it, and it's like my busiest—the busiest time of my entire life. I couldn't dream of pulling those hours. I do it like one day in a week and doing fun stuff, and I want to kill myself. <laughs> it's terrible. It's so hard. <laughs> no. It was, cr- and I was pissed because I was like, "What? How did I land orders for AIT?" So of course, like, call up the branch manager. And he knows I'm calling from overseas, so he's ignoring yep. my calls. And like, oh no, buddy, we're talking. Because I tried emailing him, I'm like, what the hell? Call me. And he was like, oh, I'm really busy. Yeah. Oh, they lie. always say that. It's always a lie. <laughs> Every and, time. Yeah, exactly. And so then I, what I did was, I used the morale phone to call um, back to Fort Drum. So what you do for a morale call, you would call Fort Drum, and they would say who would you like me to call? And you would give them a number and they'd give you, and they would dial the number. And then you had like, I think like 20 minutes um, to talk to that person. So um, because it came from the morale line, it had like a three, one, five area. code. Yeah. It looks local. Do an end around. Yeah. That's the analog way of disguising your number. (laughs) Perfect. He was like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, How's it going, Sarah Williams? And he was like, Ugh. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you're going to actually have to do your job and answer some questions. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. What <laughs> am I doing going to AIT? Um, and he was like, look, I have I have no say. You came down DA Select. And I'm like, I'm not an idiot. People come down on DA Select because someone needs to give them a name. And you give them mine. Yeah. Why did you give them my name? Yeah. And he was like, look, he's like, listen, um, you are the only female in our career field who meets the qualifications uh, to fill this role. And I thought, wow, like, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm good. Like, you know, like, maybe I good i'm so like, good so i'm being good. punished for it <laughs> at the top of the list and then i was like that doesn't sound right so i was like and um these qualifications can i please know what they are yeah and he was like you can pass your pt test you can pass your height and weight you're not on a profile you didn't lose your security clearance due to dui um what was the other one Oh, yeah, I didn't have a DUI, and I didn't lose my security clearance due to massive debt. That was the fifth oh, one. Wow. And I remember <laughs> thinking, I'm like, oh. So I did the basics as a human being and a soldier, and that's why. Like, So you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, and yeah. you've landed on me, and, and it doesn't matter because I'm like, oh, you know, what if I get picked up for a promotion? And they're like, if you get picked up for a promotion, we, we will – 
we will cut you new orders and you will leave. I was like, okay, because now my main mission is to get promoted. (laughs) I'm like, I've had some good years. I've had some pretty good years. And um, so I was like, and I was upset because I'm like, this is more time away from my family. Like I have been gone three out of the last five years. It's a lot. Even when I was home, there's a lot of training. There's a lot of missions Mm -hmm. where I'm not home. I'm like, and you're killing me, Smalls. So yeah, like, I tried to figure out if there was any way to get out of it and stay at Fort Drum, and there was not. So I yeah. was like, all right, I'm going to go be an AIT platoon sergeant, and um, I'll go down there, and I'll do a bang-up job, and hopefully yeah, get promoted and get the hell out of here. So that was my goal. So I went down there, and... Um, Six months later, I got picked up, and I was on the promotion list for Master Sergeant, and I was the first one on the list, so I was like, I'm I'm like a ticking time bomb. I can go at any time. Yeah, it's it's in the bag, just, you know, all over except for the waiting. Yeah, because, like, you know, the the military will only pay for one PCS move. Um, Oh, right. So I was like, well, I didn't want to move my family down if they were just going to turn around and send me back up to Fort Drum six months later. Right. So I was like, it sucks, but, you know, what can we do? Yeah. I can't get out of this assignment, and it doesn't make sense. So I just threw my duffel bags in my car (laughs) (laughs) and drove down to – drove down Fort Meade where the AIT was, and my family stayed up here in six months. I got on the list and I called up the branch manager. There was a new one. And she said, well, actually. Actually. Oh, you never want to hear that word. (laughs) You can't leave until you pin on. Uh... And I was like, huh. I was like, well, I'm first on the list. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like an extra couple of months. Right. And unfortunately, um, there that's when we had like the big um remember we had the government shutdown? Yes. That year. Yeah. So there was like a, a oh, freeze. Geez. There was like a PCS freeze. There was like a promotion freeze. There was like everything freeze. It was yeah. horrible. Um so <laughs> I actually waited nine months before I pinned on Oh my god. Um, yep. Uh and I the day I found out I was on the promotion list, I was like, ran around, like you know, like I won the World Cup or something. I of was course. so excited. Called up Branch, was like, "Hello, I'd like to go home now." And they're like, "No, no, no. There's a new rule. You have to do your two two years time on station." Because uh, the army paid me. No, 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 no. The army didn't pay jack all for me to PCS. Oh yeah. I got some gas money. And tolls, and that was it. Nope, nope. And um, every unit they wanted to send me to was going to deploy, like, as soon as I got there. So I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. I can't do even one more year away from my family. I just can't. Oh, yeah, um, it's too much. Mentally. But there was really no option. Um, The only option was to find a nominative assignment. Mm-hmm. Which meant that, like, you know, like the top leaders in public affairs had to pick me for it. So I, like, <laughs> <laughs> they're not far from here. Yeah. Um, so I found the star major. I was like, 
hey, do you remember me from Korea? And he was like, the belt buckle. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. He's just so got. I told him, I'm like, you know, you know, I'm good for it. You know, please let me. Of course. Send me to an assignment where I could spend some time with my my family at this point. You know, yeah. my daughter is nine and I've been gone wow. for five of those years. Yeah, that's a lot. Can't can't do much more. Yeah. And it's he said, uh, listen, the only nominative assignment I have is Germany, uh, AFN. Oof. Well, going going back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it felt like the circle of life, right? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to go back. Yeah, it was. I'm like, I'm like, there's some kind of, there's like a, a beautiful symmetry uh, to it. Um, but it was like another tough call. So I had to tell my husband, I'm like, it's either take this assignment in Germany mm-hmm. um, or go to a unit that is out the door immediately. Yeah. Um, or, you know, at least out the door in another six months. So. Right. What do you think? Um, and he's like, I guess we don't really have a choice. You know, yeah. we just. It's been made for us. We'll go. Um and it was it was hard because at that point, like he had decided, like he was a volunteer fireman, and he really was like trying to figure out, like could he do it full time, right? Um, but there was like you know like schools and training and all this stuff you have to have at least, especially in New York, which is like the worst state for like rules and certifications. Um, of course. So ultimately, like I, I went ahead with my daughter because he was like, well, let me knock out this one school. Mm-hmm. And at least I'll have it done, and then I will meet you guys there in a few months. It was just a few months. We've done this. Yeah, <laughs> this is old now. hat at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and then I got over there with my daughter, and I realized there was just absolutely nothing for him over there. Mm-hmm. There's there was no way. I mean, because I asked, so I show up in person. Showed up at the fire department. They said no. He needed to be local national. Oh jeez. Um, yeah, Germany has some very odd work requirements, like, and you have to be authorized to work even if you're a citizen. It's real yeah. wild stuff. Yeah. The status of forces agreement, um, not always a friend to uh, veterans or military spouses or dependents of any kind. Right. Um, at that point, I was like, you know, he has this, like, very, like, small window of making this dream come true. And so I was like, all right, well, I guess you just go for it. Yeah. You know, you go for it and the kiddo stays here with me. So I at least have time with her. Yeah. And then that way you can focus on what you need to do. And then I, you know, I was like, I'm pretty sure this will be it for me. I don't think I will stay much longer, which he was like, oh, you're, you're kicking ass, man. You should go all the way. Um, yeah, retirement's but, nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, we, we it was beautiful. It was a great experience for my daughter. She loved it. She um, misses Europe very much. Um, it was tough to be separated um, like that, and um, yeah, oh, it was it was time. hard. It was a hard time, um, but the. The good thing that came out of it was that my husband actually did. He, he's a firefighter in Oswego, New York. He loves his job, loves his him. life. That's great. And um, yeah, 
And at that point, I was like, I am done. And yeah. so I cut sling load. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like <laughs> time to come home. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So you go to Germany. How how long were you in Germany for that that last stint? Well, so it's because I brought my daughter, it was supposed to be a three-year assignment. Um, one of the things that made it challenging um, was that, you know, when we were there, I, I realized that there are some things that weren't really working so great for her. Like, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but she's having difficulty. And, um, you know, I went to the school and the doctors and said, Hey, can we just make sure she's okay? And something can't put my finger on it. And, um, she was diagnosed with autism mm. and I felt bad because it had been undiagnosed for so long. Right. Um, but they had said that the reason that she was doing so well is that my husband and I knew that certain things worked well for her. And mm. one of them was that, you know, she, my husband, we stayed in the same place and she had the same people and the same routines and, you know, yeah. we realized hey, things work. She operates better if things are like this. So we'd set up a schedule that, that worked well for her. And of then course. we were overseas and, and daddy wasn't there. And, uh, and it was middle school. And, you know, that time helps nobody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rough no matter what. <clears throat> right. Um, so because I, I figured um, there's not always going to be a place for her that works well if I stay in the army and it hadn't at that point, the army hadn't been very easy on our family. So like in the last 12 years of my active duty service, you know, I was geographically separated from my daughter for five of the years and from that's my a, husband, nine. That's um, a lot. Yeah. And I told the branch manager, listen, I'm not one of those people who plays games and I'm not going to hold my cards close to the best. I'm telling you, I'm going to retire. All I'm asking is, can we please wait for the end of the school year? Mm -hmm. so that I have this routine. So I have these services set up for my kiddo. Yeah. And then we will go home. Um, and there was a new branch manager and she was like, I appreciate your honesty. And the only problem is it's really hard to get people to fill that position because of the, you know, you need to be uh, an E8. Mm -hmm. Um, so the deal was I would, I would get to retire and go home if I just did one more year. So I ended up doing four years wow. in Germany. Wow. Mm -hmm. But that was that was your twilight duty station, um, and or you just kept in after that even. No, I was like, you know, when I initially got there, I mean, I was loving the assignment. I I loved what I was doing. Um, yeah. But at that point, I was like, all right, you know, jobs will come and go. You only get your one family, yes. and I've already missed a big chunk of the time, so I gotta. Sure. Yeah. Gotta go. Choice. Yeah. So, okay, so Germany, you, you finish up your four years, I uh, take it, come back stateside, and uh, that's it, and you're you're retired out of the military and, and settled back in northern New York? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it was funny, because, like, we'd bought the house in 2005, mm -hmm. and I never really lived in it, you know, like, so. <laughs> How strange. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was really weird. It was weird, and it's, you know, even some of the people, like, they would be like, oh, so how long are you home for? I'm like, no, that I'm home for good. You yeah. know? And yeah. We're just amazed. To me. <laughs> um, yeah. So wow. it was funny. Cause we actually, we flew home. Um, we were supposed to be home July 3rd, but we got our flight 
uh, flights got a little bit delayed. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up coming home July 4th. So we always say that July 4th is the Williams family independence day. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obligations are, are at an end and all get to be together again. No yeah. Years of separation. Wow. So uh, mm-hmm. what, what year did you retire? I retired in September of 2018. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then you got, got a couple years of, uh, of normal civilian life and then COVID and <laughs> being, being locked inside yeah. like the rest of us. Well, I mean, the, the thing is like when I got out, um, I knew that whatever I did, I wanted it to be very intentional and I wanted to be able to spend my time the way that I wanted to spend it. Yeah. And not really uh, have anyone else uh, tell me, <laughs> direct it. Right, um, right. Uh, yeah, you spent 22 years of that. It's a long time. It was a very long time. Like, I, I want to, you know, have a more say over my time. But I also, you know, still really loved helping um, soldiers and their families. Like, that, t- like, towards the end of my career, that was the part that I really loved the best was yes. um, helping people and connecting them with the resources they needed to be successful and, you mm-hmm. know, good, have good lives. I mean, especially I felt because <laughs> of my own situation, like I was very like adamant that everyone around me when I was able to say so would have a good, um, you know, work-life balance that families would be taken care of, you know, yeah. as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. We would do as much as we could. Like I tried to have families, you know, at the station as often as possible. And, right. you know, when people want to take leave, I'm like, hey, you know, take your leave. We'll figure it out. Go spend time with your family. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wanted to keep doing that. And um, the uh, a friend of mine, uh, when he got out, got hired at the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University. Yes. My, uh, my old stomping grounds. And so. Of course. Um, he. Uh, he said, hey, you know, we have a job here. I think you'd be perfect for it. Right. Um, we need an advisor for military students getting certifications to help them in their post-service careers. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's point our, <laughs> I yeah. can do this. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was cool. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And then, uh, then of course, you know, from there you, with IVMF, you work at least uh, a little bit with uh, with ACP. Is that how you found out about that? I did. Um, it's because uh, the IVMF, I, I learned about ACP. Um, and then I was like, you know, I keep telling all these uh, um, service members and, and spouses to to get a mentorship. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should get one for myself. Of course. Um, yeah. You know? And so, yeah, so I signed up and I was assigned this great mentor. And she was like, well, you just really need to figure out what you want to do. Yeah. Um like I just really want to help people, and uh, but also be able to use my my skills, you know, sure. communication skills. Yeah. And so she was like, "You should probably work for a nonprofit. I think that would be like a great, absolutely, <laughs> a great fit for you." Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's great, great work because well, well, first of all, it's a mission that you care about, but second of all, it just it attracts the same like-minded. I, I don't want to say altruistic. That implies a certain level of naivete but just 
good-hearted people. That's that's why mm-hmm. I love working at ACP is just across the board. I'm like, everyone's awesome. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah. You know, people are always like, oh, we have, like, we work with great people. And I'm like, maybe. But, like, I can't say enough good things about the associates, like, all the OAs. And, like, I just yeah. love them. They're such They're good people. Yeah. And I think, well, and you tell me, like, if you have the same thing. I kind of feel, as a veteran... Mm-hmm. working for like a VSO that when there's someone there who doesn't have the military background and they're there and they're busting their butt and they're, they're championing, like, I'm like, they don't even have skin in the game and look at all the things like, yeah, all of those people, like all those colleagues are so talented and they're so smart and they could be doing mm-hmm. anything. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything, but they pick the military you know, family as like their, their focus and their life's work. And I just, yeah, to me, I'm like, they'll always have a special place in my heart. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's very, very touching. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the vast majority of the staff. Um, for the longest time, I was the only veteran on staff. We had one of our SVPs was, uh, uh, Tim was, was a former Marine, but you know, he's, he's out, you know, mainly focused on CR. He's not an operations associate. So, you know, any military questions come up, I was it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to decipher everything for, for the whole team. And, um, but the, yeah, like you say, that's just kind of almost amazing. I didn't look at it as like a detriment. Oh, I'm all by myself as a veteran. It's like, this is, this is pretty incredible. They found this many people to to focus on this mission and they're all all amazing and like you say could write their ticket anywhere and and they chose acp it's pretty incredible it Uh, really is but uh but yeah and and remind me again how long uh you've been with acp six months Uh, it's time flies i knew but i feel like in acp time it's like it should count for like a year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They they definitely keep us busy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a great great workplace. Uh, love love the people that I work with. Um, now, looking back on your time in the army, I, if uh, someone was looking to join today, what uh, what advice or pointers would you have for them? Hmm. I would say. Don't join until you know what the other side looks like. And it's okay if it changes because mine did. Like my sure. I, my whole vision, I'm like, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to absorb and take in as much as I can in four years because afterwards I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going to, you know, be in broadcasting mm-hmm. full time. Um, I just didn't know how much I would love um, being part of a team and uh being able to lead a team i guess that it's a pretty incredible experience um so i would just say if if you're gonna if you're thinking of joining um know what the other end is gonna look like yes um at least have some kind of semblance and even if you're not sure Mm -hmm. if you're like all right i'm gonna try this i just want to try it fine yeah um take advantage of all of your opportunities. There's so many resources. There's so many opportunities. It kills me sometimes how people just don't um, take advantage. Like I was able to complete my degree from Syracuse uh, while I was on active duty. Now, granted that was 
that was kind of a ridiculous process. It took <laughs> 16 years to get the full undergrad done because um, yeah. I could only do it in pieces, but um, I did it. And mm-hmm. then right after that, I knocked out my master's. Um, Good for you. And, you know, the military paid for that. They paid for my a degree from Syracuse. They paid my for my master's from University of Oklahoma. Amazing. Um, so as well, they should get in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, get in there. Get your education knocked out. I mean, do as much as you can because there's tuition assistance, which I don't think people quite grasp. Get mm-hmm. your tuition assistance. Mm-hmm. Use the heck out of it. Then save your GI Bill. Um, because I was able to get all my stuff done, I actually transferred my GI Bill to my daughter. And oh, so perfect. She yeah, has you know. that as an option um if she wants it so that's that's, you know good stuff there um i would say you know you can get certifications while you're in the military so you know if you if you can't knock out you know school like you know a degree Mm -hmm. get a certification and in some cases um certification gets you further than the actual degree so you know use the time um to you know, so it's kind of goes back to how I felt in Korea. I'm like, if I'm going to spend this time away from my family, I'm going to make the time count. Absolutely. If you are going to serve your country, make the time count. Yeah. Do everything you can. Um, and when you're done, like if as long as you're looking past your time in the service to what life is going to be like on the other side, you, you should be set up for success. Oh, absolutely. Um, and of course I'll say you have to get a mentor because you yes. know, it's a thing. It's, yeah. it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. You should have, you should have as many mentors as you possibly can get. Um, oh, yeah. I tell Always people I'm like, you, you can't, and you can't have too many people looking out for you, especially when you're getting out. It's such a critical time. Yes. So, you know, make a plan for yourself and, the military is just a part of that plan. Um, you know, you need to be thinking about life outside of the military and what, what it looks like on the other end as you're as you're getting ready to leave. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, fantastic advice because I think most people, especially in the military where so much of your life, your day-to-day is decided for you, they don't look past the end of their nose. Uh, so having that, that longer view of, of planning for your future is, is critical and great advice. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on so much. Uh, this is really appreciate you sharing your experience because uh, let's be honest, this is the first time I'm getting to hear about it. Uh, <laughs> ACP keeps us so busy. We don't often get to uh, to chat one-on-one and, and get to know each other better, but Hey, that's, that's why I started a podcast. <laughs> right? That's awesome. So I uh, appreciate it. Uh, definitely. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your sunny Saturday and uh, and good weather. And uh, thanks again so much for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs>